Pastor Xavier Reese and the conviction of the simple truth. If Paul was alive today, the majority of pastors and Christians would say, you know, don't, don't get that guy Paul as a guest speaker. You know, he riles people up. By the way, I've heard he's been in the can a couple of times, so I don't, I don't know. You know. He's been in jail. We live in a day and an age when we need to be light and not compromise. The majority of the church today is not. It just isn't. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Scripture describes the changed life of the follower of Christ this way from Ephesians 5. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Pastor Xavier turns to the life of the Apostle Paul, who set an example that turned heads to illuminate what it means to walk in the light. Let's pick up today's simple truths with the text for our message. Galatians 1, verses 18 through 24, and the message is entitled, The Asset Test of Life is Time. Paul here pens his own autobiographical section in the first two chapters in order to establish beyond any shadow of a doubt the genuineness of his gospel and apostleship, being independent of man and dependent on God alone. Let me read this section to you there, verses 18 through 24. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remain with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed, before God, I do not lie. Afterwards, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by faith to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only... He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy. And they glorify God in me. The record that Paul bears here regarding the witness of both his gospel and the apostleship as both being independent of man was acknowledged in three regions. First, Paul's apostleship was acknowledged in Damascus, the first part of verse 18. Secondly, Paul's apostleship was acknowledged in Jerusalem, verses 18 through 20. And then thirdly, Paul's apostleship was acknowledged in Judea, verse 21 through 24. Now, if his apostleship is acknowledged, his gospel has to also. They're both tied together. Let's begin here with Paul's independent apostleship. It was acknowledged in Damascus. Notice the first part of verse 18, first of all, by Paul preaching during three years in Damascus. Then after three years, and this refers back to the Arabia and Damascus experience of the previous verse. They're tied together. Jesus had revealed the gospel directly to Paul. He's already told us that on the road to Damascus. We see it here in Acts, but he also told us in Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. God had revealed his son in Paul that he might preach Jesus among the Gentiles, and he did that immediately, and he did not confer with flesh and blood, Galatians 1.16 says. Because the Judaizers were saying, listen, Paul is a substandard apostle. He wasn't one of the 12, and he's got it from men, and he's changed it. The reality was the reverse. 
So Paul had to establish that he never even received it from the 12 apostles. He never even saw them as he will see. But he received it directly from revelation of Jesus Christ. So Paul's independent apostleship was acknowledged in Damascus for three years. Now notice secondly, verses 18 through 20, Paul's independent apostleship was acknowledged in Jerusalem. Notice first in verse 18. And after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remain with him 15 days. First of all, by Peter, who was the leading apostle. His name is prominent for the first 12 chapters in Acts until Paul comes about, and then Paul takes over. Now notice, secondly, by James, who was the leading authority of the church in Jerusalem. Verse 19. But I saw none other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. The entire record of all that Paul has declared, he qualifies as being the absolute truth in verse 20. Now concerning the things which I write to you indeed before God, I do not lie. This is a common phrase of Paul. I lie not before God. Paul was an incredible guy. Now, if Paul was alive today, the majority of pastors and Christians would say, you know, don't, don't get that guy Paul as a guest speaker. You know, he riles people up. That says a lot about Paul. It also says a lot about the others. We live in a day and an age when we need to be light and not compromise. I am not speaking about going out of our way to be idiots and to just upset people. I'm talking about being lights. I'm talking about being what God has called us to be. The majority of the church today is not. It just isn't. So Paul's independent apostleship was acknowledged in Jerusalem for 15 days. First for three years in Damascus and Arabia, now 15 days in Jerusalem. Now thirdly, verses 21 through 24. Paul's independent apostleship was acknowledged in Judea. He says, afterwards, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by faith to the church of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only, he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they glorify God in me. Now, the time is approximately between seven to nine years. Commentators will vary, okay? Seven to nine is a good approximate time here that we're talking about. So I don't want to get critical, exact, right in there. Notice, first of all, Paul's independent apostleship was acknowledged in Judea from the time Paul left Jerusalem to go to the regions of Syria and Cilicia, verse 21. Both of these places constitute a Roman province, Syria having the greater importance in the gospel work. And you find that in Acts 11, 25 through 26, and Acts 15, 41. Now, Paul's visit was terminated by the plot of the Jews to kill him. We just saw that in Acts 9, 29, right? He went down there 15 days, too hot to handle. They gave him an R&R. &R. The brethren in Jerusalem, Acts 9.30 tells us, they brought Paul to Caesarea. And then from there, they sent him out to Tarsus, northward into Syria. Tarsus was his home city. Acts 23.3 tells you that. Barnabas went to seek Paul. Remember, after those seven or nine years, when God began to work with the Gentiles in Antioch of Syria, because the Jewish 
Christians in Jerusalem could never handle the Gentiles. So God could never do a work with the Gentiles as long as it was in Jerusalem because they kept trying to bring them under the law. So God began a work in Antioch, and when the church in Jerusalem sent Barnabas to confirm that work, Barnabas says, I need someone, Saul. He went looking for him, and he brought him back, Acts 11.25. And after seven to nine years, Paul returned not to Jerusalem, but to Antioch first. And there he and Barnabas were for one complete year, and that was where they first were called Christians. And they taught them for a year. Now, Paul told the Hebrew crowd from the steps of the Antonius Fortress in Acts 22, 17 20 through 21. Remember when he came back after his third missionary journey? He was arrested in the temple. And as he's going up the steps, he says, give me license to speak. He says, are you, aren't you an Egyptian? No, I'm not. I'm a Hebrew. Oh, you're Roman. Yeah. Well, I, I bought mine. He says, hey, I was freeborn. He says, Let, you be careful you don't do anything to a man. He's a Roman. Whoa, is he? And he began to speak. Man, brethren, countrymen, I know who you are. I was there. I was this, that, that. And all of a sudden, and God sent me to the Gentile. Boom, dirt up in the ground, tear clothes. Hey, kill this man. He's not fit to live. And Paul said, as he was speaking to them, that earlier in his ministry, when he was there during those 15 days, that Jesus appeared to him in the temple and told him, hey, leave, Paul. They're not going to receive your witness, your testimony. But, 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 Lord, they're not. Leave. Wow. See, somehow we start attributing that, you know, I can associate with, with people who take drugs. I used to take drugs. I can associate with people who party because I was a party animal. And we get it all wrong. Now, God may use that, but that's not why people get saved, people. People get saved because the power of God rents their heart. Now, he may use you where you came from, but they never get saved because you were there. They get saved because God is working in and through you. Don't get so enamored with the vessel. Let me give you a little hint. It's cracked. God does the work. Notice, secondly, verse 22 through 23. From the reports of the churches in Judea, they were constantly hearing. That's the second thing. Paul had no personal encounter with the churches in Judea. Verse 22 says, I was unknown by faith to the church of Judea, which were in Christ. Paul left after those 15 days. Not one church in Judea ever saw him for the next seven to nine years. Do you know what that says about Paul? That means that Paul knew who he was. He knew what God had called him to do. And he went about doing that without trying to impress men or to try to hang out with people that God didn't tell him to hang out with. He just took off and he was up there up north and he was just doing the work of the Lord. He didn't need anybody to say, oh, Paul, you're so good. You're doing so great. Hey, Paul, maybe you'd like to come down to our conference. You know what I mean? We could have you as a guest speaker, you know, maybe the head guy. Oh, by the way, our budget is low. You know, can you come for nothing? How interesting. Paul is doing the work of God. I don't know what God's doing in other churches. I hope he's doing great things. And I trust he is. But it's really not my concern what they're doing. <laughs> do I thank God for what they're doing? I'm just trying to do what God has called me to do. 
That's good. They didn't even look, know what he looked like. <laughs> Can you imagine that? But they heard. What they were hearing was two things. Constant and consistent. Ooh. Constant and consistent. That's good for the Christian life. What they were hearing was that he formerly persecuted the Christians and now he preaches a faith that he tried to destroy. Boy, that's good. It was consistent. They didn't hear and say, you know, Paul, that Paul boy, he had an experience in Damascus Road. Man, changed. No one's seen hide nor hair of him. We hear he's up there three years. He came down to Jerusalem 15 days, and man, he was too hot to handle. We sent him off. But you know, since then, I think two years after that, he kind of backslid. He beat up a couple of Christians. Uh, he killed nine. But, but he's walking again now, I think. <laughs> I talk to people, say, oh, yeah, I, I accept the Lord. Yeah, and, you know, but, you know, I, I went, I'm back in the drugs for three years. And, but, you know, I'm, 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 I'm tapering off, and, I, you know, I'm still going to church. Oh, Really? What has happened to the testimony of the church today? It's a different gospel. It's not the gospel of Jesus Christ, people. Let's wake up. Jesus saves, and he saves absolutely. When he saves, he changes. But you've got to meet the condition. You ready for it? You've got to die. You're willing to die? Grace will work. If you're only ready to live... Grace is canceled out. No if or but about it. A genuine heart and life transformation that proved to be genuine by the test of time. How are you doing with time in your life in Christ? Genuine or counterfeit? Notice thirdly in verse 24. From the evidence that the churches of Judea were glorifying God for the work through Paul. This is the bottom line. Acts 9.31 says that when they took Paul and they gave him an R&R, &R, the churches of Judea had peace, tranquility. Well, that's kind of good, but it's kind of bad if, if Paul is gone and what's going on. <laughs> the quality of work through men, if it's done by God, man will never be able to claim credit to it. Any man who is used of God, if God is truly using him, he will be the first to know it. And his first step in wisdom is to stay as transparent as he can be and to stay out of the way and to make sure that it's Jesus who is seen. We are told that we're to let our light shine before men, that when they see our good works, they may glorify our Father which is in heaven, Matthew 5, 16. Paul tells the Corinthians, what do you have that you have not received? And if you have received, then why in the world are you boasting? It's nothing new. He told Gideon, you got too many. Ask how many are chicken. Down to 10,000 from 30-some thousand. <laughs> Still too many. Gives him a little test of how to drink water. Down to 300. He says, great. Now, if they win, they can only boast in me. That's what God wants all the time. We get so enamored with people and numbers. It's our weakness. It's our mistake. Paul's independent apostleship was acknowledged in Judea for seven 
the nine years. Now, time is really the focus of the sermon, right? Paul is saying time has verified both my gospel and my apostleship. My gospel is divine and my call is divine. And time has bore witness of that. Let me finish with Paul's indispensable lessons for us from these three points. First of all, as Paul's apostleship was acknowledged for three years in Damascus, his new birth, his zealousness, his commitment, so each of us should be able to have our Christianity acknowledged as genuine before our own world. If you're a Christian, your Christianity should be able to be validated and verified. Absolutely. There has to be a drastic change from what you were before. You see, we're not called to mellow out. We're called to die and change. So whoever you've known or lived with or associated with, they're going to be the first ones to know the change after you. You're not going to be able to hide it. Do you and I proclaim Jesus when God opens doors? It's one of the evidences. I'm not talking about being obnoxious or being some kind of fool. I'm talking about being sensitive to what God is doing. Does my life bear witness to the hostility against the gospel? I mean, certainly not everybody's going to be open to me. It's going to be evident. Maybe not full in your face kind of stuff. Say, well, you know, I mean, I, I really don't appreciate this. You know, I, I have my own beliefs. And that's a red light, right? That's okay. Do I get easily discouraged when I'm opposed? I'm not only called to be light to the world, but I'm called to be salt. Matthew 5, 13 and 14. So as light, my life is to dispel that darkness, hopefully to attract people who are in the storm like that Lighthouse. As salt, I am to allow them to partake of that gospel from hearing, causing thirst, and hopefully they'll drink of the water of life freely. But secondly, as Paul's apostleship was acknowledged for 15 days in Jerusalem, both his genuineness and his spiritual maturity by Peter and James could you be acknowledged by one or two godly persons as genuine and mature spiritually if you spend 15 days with them? Or would they at the end of 15 days say, boy, this boy 100% beef. Get him out of here. <laughs> would you have to change your lifestyle for those 15 days? Would you really have to concentrate to make sure that you walked in obedience? If you would have to do any of those things, then, then, then you need to review your life. By your conversation, seasoned with grace and salt, as Colossians 4, 6 says. That should be going on normally. By your attitude, Christ-like, Philippians 2, 3 through 4, let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus, who thought not robbery, emptied himself. By your zealousness for Christ, Titus 3, 8. By your passion for the lost, Jude 22. Now, am I describing a perfect person? No, because if we hang out long enough with each other, we see the flaws, but we should be able to say, man, he loves the Lord. 
there's a desire there. What would happen if you spent 15 days with a couple of godly men and women? What would be their assessment of you? Would you have to concentrate the change radically during those times to put on a good show? Thirdly, as Paul's apostleship was acknowledged for nine, seven to nine years by the Judean region, can you and I as Christians in the community of Christianity, could they know us and acknowledge our Christianity as having stood the test of time? Because all of us fellowship somewhere in some church, right? So we can apply this to our life in the church. Through the years we have been in whatever church we've been in, do people recognize that we've been consistent, that we're faithful, that we're there, that we're serving God? That's a witness. To be faithful in the day of small things, regardless whether I'm seen or not seen, being faithful, 1 Corinthians 4, 2, a steward is to be found faithful. Not worrying about what somebody else is doing, not worry about who else is getting all the credit, but just being faithful. Am I known for that? In the church. To be consistently hearing of God using me to share the faith. As Acts 1.8 says, you will be witnesses unto me. That people know that if there's an opportunity, I'll share. Whether it be just a little invitation or whatever way it is, but they know that I'll be a faithful witness. But also to be a witness to glorify God and not the vessel. As 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 31 says. Does the Christian community know that I will give all the glory to Jesus Christ? You see, every one of these time scenarios is very applicable to each of our lives. Very much so. One lady once asked John Wesley that suppose he were to know that he would die at 12 midnight tomorrow. He said, how would you spend the intervening time? He replied the following, quote, Why, madam, just as I intend to spend it now, I would preach this evening at, a name I can't pronounce, and again at five tomorrow. After that, I would write to another place I can't pronounce, preach in the afternoon, and meet the societies in the evening. I would then go to Martin's house, who expects to entertain me, talk and pray with the family as usual, return to my room at 10 o'clock, commend myself to my heavenly Father, lie down to rest, and wake up to glory. That's good. <laughs> you see, Wesley knew he was doing what God had called him to do. He would change nothing. Time is the test of all things, people. Are you doing what God has called you to do, or are you playing games? Only you can answer that. Paul's indispensable lessons for us are the acid test of time. Time will reveal who you are and what you're made of. Again, am I speaking about perfection? Never. But I'm pressing, I'm running, I'm not looking back, and I'm running to win. How about you? Paul's independent apostleship was acknowledged in Damascus for three years in Jerusalem for 15 days, in Judea for seven to nine years. What an incredible, incredible acknowledgement. I pray that that would be our witness, our consistency. 
See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, Paul would later write, also encouraging the Ephesians to make the most of the time we've been given here on earth to serve the kingdom. Pastor Xavier Reese concluding our message on today's Simple Truths. If we can get a copy of this study in your hands, please let us know. They're available on CD for just $4. Just ask for it by name, The Acid Test for Life is Time, or simply mention today's date. Everything you heard last time will also be included as well. So contact us today to obtain your copy. Once again, you'll be asking for the title, The Acid Test for Life is Time. You can get in touch by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please, let us know the call letters of this station as well, so that we can process your request more efficiently. That'd be a great help. Thank you. And then join us as we seek more Simple Truths of God's Word next time with Pastor Xavier Reese right here. Hope to see you then. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com